Hey guys, what's up? So the other day, me and Dad were riding around in the car, and I decided to record some of our conversation. We get into the state of masculinity today, the loneliness of the modern man, and, uh, and a bunch of more things. Um, I didn't have my normal mic set up, so the audio quality is not the best, and we're in the car, um, so there's a lot of uh, background noise. We'll still have our normal episode on Thursday, but I just wanted to uh, upload this now, and I hope you guys find some camaraderie in it. It's a good topic, the relationship between integrity and authority, you know, like, kind of covered it before in the episode on honesty, but as the leader of your home or whatever, if you want more authority than you have, then you probably have to live with more integrity than you do. And so you might think, well, that it's just like, oh, I shouldn't look at, you know, I shouldn't look at pornography or something like that, that obvious stuff. But yeah, integrity but is a say, lot. And when you sacrifice yeah. that, let's say I, you make that choice and you're going to say, I'm living in, on a road of integrity. Yeah. You kind of demand more authority. Right. Because of the kind, it just goes hand in hand. When you, yeah. When you, when you're taking that high road, you demand to be, to walk in authority. You, yeah. You're not a little boy anymore. The yeah. boy just does whatever he feels good. Right. And modern life is set up in such a way that, um, we're sort of encouraged to waste our own time, yeah. to waste our life. We're encouraged yes. to think that only yes. famous people matter. We're, yes. We believe all these lies yes. that make us treat our own life as if it's exactly. trivial. That's exactly and then right. we find ourselves like perplexed yeah. when we're being bowled over by the things that are tempting us. Exactly it's like the whole right. system is messed up. You're, You're exactly like, right. You cannot live in a structure where only the famous people are the important people. Meanwhile, they're all kind of mentally right. ill. Meanwhile, America was built on the bottom up. It was right. supposed to be built Meanwhile, on the bottom up. I, yeah. As I've said before, most everyone that's changed my life is not famous, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, most yeah. famous people have never changed my life. So, yeah. um, so the all of those structures are off. And so they all encourage us towards pornography, towards any kind of vice, yeah. because they encourage yeah. us towards a devaluing of our choices. Yeah. And so that's a really evil thing. And um, something exactly I was thinking about. That's right. If that's all subtle, no one sees what you're talking about right there. You know, evil is. The radar. Evil is. One way to think about evil is evil is moral convenience. You know, too often we think that evil is scary. Think about the way that, you know, uh, Christian moms think about movies or whatever and all that. And there's some truth to what they're saying, but this idea that evil is this big scary thing out there. It's not. Evil is moral convenience. Don't and you know, never act like it's outside, out there, some bad thing we're gonna catch out there. It's in here. It's when, you know, it's it's the thing, you know, it's the way that you turned your heart against your husband when he did that awful thing to you earlier, or against your wife when she said that awful thing. That that resentful like urge that you gave into in your mind, even if you didn't do it in your body or something like that. All that stuff. Moral convenience. Evil is moral convenience. And, um, you know, so there's the, there is that stuff like the giving up of pornography, all that kind of stuff. But then there's like way more subtle things like, uh, you know, maybe your husband or wife says something that really hurts you and they don't even necessarily know that it hurts you and you don't mention to them that it hurts you. But because they do something that hurts you, they say something that hurts you and you don't mention it, it keeps happening, you keep shutting down, and then you aren't close like you should be, like a husband and wife should be. 
you're not close and neither of you feel like you even have the uh, option of being close because you're both hurting each other in unintentional ways because no one will say anything. But like there are all these small things that for a man and, and uh, as men more generally, we pretend things don't bother us that do bother us because we're too scared to address them. And then later we don't, we're weak in other ways and we act like we don't know why. Like when things bother you, part of being strong is talking about how they bother you, why they bother you. Yeah. And, and a lot like, of men shut you down in the years gone by. When yeah. You, if you talk amongst men right. about things that bother you, they'll shut you down yeah. because that's what they're doing too. Right. Their stuff and their junk. Right. So take the World so, War II vet who was tough as nails on the outside. Yeah. Then once the war is over, he's good in a time of war, but he's not so good in a time of peace. Because then he comes home from the war with a bunch of PTSD and won't yeah. tell anyone about it yeah. and dies that way. And now we got men on the other end of the spectrum yeah. where they aren't strong inside or outside. And that has obvious yeah. downsides. But there is something between those two ways of, you know, the old um, John Wayne guy who pretended he didn't need anyone. Literally, the archetype for man is that a, a true man doesn't need anyone. Right. He doesn't need friends. He doesn't need a wife. That's right. He doesn't need kids. That's he doesn't right. need anyone. That's right. He is he just in the back of a pickup truck. Right. He and, and he's he basically like a demigod or whatever. And so that's just another way, another yeah. bit of moral convenience where we let that idea in that oh that sounds awesome, like being that guy, being this like lone ranger that just comes yeah. in and kills all the bad guys or whatever that sounds so cool that we'll let it slip we'll let all the ways that that is not accurate go and then as we try to live that out as the world war ii guy does come back with a bunch of ptsd and doesn't tell anyone about it and and has all kind of uh like really negative symptoms as a result of not talking like it's just a different form of convenience you know, think about the think about that guy with a bunch of PTSD who came back from World War II. How does he treat his kids? Yeah. How does he treat his wife? Yeah. Because he's taking the moral convenience that of the romantic image that he doesn't need anyone, or just any number of a thousand different ways the devil tells you that you're God. You know, anytime we let that idea float, you know, we're 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 in for it. So men. Men want other men to think that they don't, that they're really strong and don't need anyone and have no feelings other than the feelings they decide to have right. and are strong at every moment except the moments they decide right. not to be. They certainly want women to think that about them, so they want right. all men to think that about them and they want all women to think that about them. Right. And as a result, they live alone. And what I've deeply seen, alone. Zach, I've seen through the years, I'll interview men, they'll wind up because they, out of real desire out of destitute wind up sharing just with their girlfriend what's really bothering them right and that doesn't go real well right because now right because really he's going to live the lie with everyone else but with her he's going to share some heavy stuff right and she's going to be so like so then you're giving her a hundred yeah. pounds worth of your problems to deal yes. with when she's equipped to handle about 10 that's it then you know when you're having a good day, she's giving you a hundred pounds of her problems to deal with, and you think that oh, we're close now. Well, she can't put it in words, <laughs> but she kind of knows you're not telling the truth with everybody. She knows not everybody's in on the supposed right. you know reality that you just share with her, and so she can't put it in words, but it, it scares her, you because know, she's smart. Women are very intuitive; they're smart. Right. They know that something ain't right about it. 
Yeah. You're gonna say all these things to me, but we, but you're gonna act tough around absolutely every single other person, right. every other family member, every right. other person at work. No, right. that's why when you see even Jesus with with a handful of men that he hung with, it's important. Right. That's a bit, yeah. That's a big like example. People people say that if he was truly God, then he didn't need those twelve people. Like there, there's no functional reason for the disciples other than to show us this is what you do. Uh, you know, this is this is how you do that. And you think about, forget about what you think it should look like. What are the actual, really, like, um, sane men that you know? Like, I think about a lot of men that are in recovery and stuff like that, where they yeah. seem like some of the most integrated man, men, yes. where, like, they, yes. like, all the parts of them are together. You know, yeah. the ones who are who are kind of at the end of the road of recovery, because... Every stone has been turned over. Nothing is in the yeah. dark. Yeah. No feeling has replaced uh, truth or whatever. You know, there's no... And nothing takes the place of actually having a half a dozen people that really know everything you could think of. To, you know, you're not hiding nothing. Right. And they, vice versa. There's Nothing takes the place of that relationship. It, it's special. It's good. Right. And, and it's I not... Mean, yeah, and you don't have other men in your life, obviously, to... To oh to hide certain things from your wife at all, it's right. that some weight she is not meant to handle that you need someone to handle. Right. And the more right. you know, the more men that good men that you have in your life as a man that you can share some struggles with, the actually the more open you can and should be with yeah. your wife, because well, you're I'm, not you you're know exactly right. And you know, for Sandy, she just feels good that someone else has you know their finger on the pulse versus just her i mean she just feels better about it she knows that i mean it's too much weight on a person and for um her to know that there's three four other men that are that she respects because you know they have been transparent that they have their finger on the pulse of my of what's going on in my life it just puts her at ease Right. She I heard it. I heard uh, someone put on Twitter, perhaps the most miraculous of all of Jesus's miracles is that he had 12 friends in his 30s. <laughs> oh, my God. But, uh, Ooh, I like but, that. I like that. That's, but, um, that's, that's really good. That, actually, that is very good. And um, something Dennis Prager said recently, he was talking about how uh, adults generally, and men specifically, are so alone because women are better at opening up to each other. Um, and that, you know, he was saying at, at its heart, what is the reason why men don't open up to each other, why they don't have friends, why they don't take the risk to have friends? And it's just comes down to they're just scared of of being hurt. Yeah. And he I mean, said men and he hard on each other when we're young in the playground of life and we're young and we're chill. I mean, men are competitive. We are yeah. punching each other, physically punching each other. I mean, it's. We're yeah. rough with each other when we're yeah. young. Boys are yeah. hard on each other. And yeah. so, yeah, you kind of just, I guess it's a natural reaction to, to go, I'm going to take my toys and go go on home with But his point was, my there's, in a way, there's nothing less masculine than saying, oh, I'm not taking that risk because I'm scared right. I'll be hurt. Like, right. so what? I'm so sure what? you will be. Well, right. <laughs> like, beyond beyond just all that. push through. Oh, yeah, push through because beyond all that, is where you live the best. It's great to be a man. 
and it's great to have good relationships and it's great to be respected and it's great to know in a group of people no matter where you are throughout your entire day you have emotionally turned over every rock in your personal life so nothing can throw you like you have this certain confidence in every social setting and it's because you did your you know you went to battle uh, with the man in the mirror and i think about like in a couple weeks my i was talking to my parents uh you know my dad about this a minute ago and my wife, we were all having lunch, and in a few weeks, my wife is going to see some friends and 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 just have fun for a few days doing that. And when I reached out to guy friends of mine to do something, most of them didn't even respond. So whether or not they would, you know, want to get together, they probably wouldn't let me know until that day, <laughs> or they might bail that day. Like, but most people just didn't even respond. They didn't say yes. They didn't say no. They just wouldn't say anything because right. it's too much effort. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. you got that going on. Men are not good at communicating. Right. They just, That's right. they don't put out effort because again, right. it's all about keeping up the image that I shouldn't need friends. I shouldn't need right. anyone. And I sure, I just shouldn't need anyone. I should just be a self-contained unit or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's not biblical. It certainly is not true. And, you know, and the people... And here's a word the millennials are using. It's not sustainable. It will not work. It will not work. It does not ever work. I have not seen it work yet. Yeah. And the people that have so-called mastered this are in jail cells. Yeah. And if you just interview them, you realize these cats are completely on their own. Yeah. And being on your own is not... We weren't designed that way. But even God himself is a trinity, is what they're telling us, right? Father, Son, Holy Ghost. I mean, just the whole alone thing is, it's it's a very fragile, very weak position to hold. And I've done it. I've lived it. I've done it. I've attempted it many hundreds of times. And I always come up in a place where I got a lot of confusion and a lot of loneliness. And there's a saying that goes that loneliness is a decision. And this yeah. is what they mean by that. And I didn't know, I thought that, I've never heard that till like five years ago. Loneliness is a decision. And it's because I'm choosing to give in to the fears of opening up to somebody. And yeah. I got it. I understand and if, it. you know, if you've ever had a girlfriend, you know that it takes a lot of no's to get a yes. And mm-hmm. this is no different. It takes a lot of mm-hmm. awkward friendships before you get one that actually works. You know, the reason that our whole world is pulling into digital only relationships is because if you get in a room of other human beings it is so awkward and painful and weird and it's just not comfortable no but we cannot lose our capacity to deal with that discomfort because if we do the cost is too great i heard this zach two years ago that the people really making money in the today the young people making money are the people that can influence and deal with other people yeah not the sharpest uh, bulb in the bunch right it's not the like the most intellectual right 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 it's the one who can influence a group of people right so yeah yeah, it makes sense because there's a more why because there's more of a demand for it yeah because people cannot shake a hand i mean it's you know we really have gotten in a situation here where even shaking a hand has gotten taboo. It's just gotten weird. I mean, the further yeah. we pull away from each other, yeah. the harder it is to, to do business. Right. I mean, if I hired someone in my business, I want to know they can interact with the customers that we have. 
that can make a sale, that can close a sale. I mean, if I've got to do everything, then what good? I mean, I, that's very, almost could do it myself then. I'd send those guys home. And, you know, back to the convenience thing. As modernity progresses, our conveniences progress, but we lose something every time it does. Every time a physical interaction is replaced by a digital one, you lost something. But because it seemed like it was giving you a convenience, you didn't see that you lost anything. Mm -hmm. And you don't really notice until after a while you find yourself very depressed, very mm -hmm. alone, and wondering, how did we get here? Mm -hmm. Because you I can't... Agree. Because, see, this underneath all of that is the idea, this false belief that humans are robots, that humans can do whatever you program them to do. Mm -hmm. That is not true. And if no. you've lived for any amount of time, you know that that is not true. Humans no. have a nature. They have one that you didn't make and one you can't get rid of. Right. And so we are supposed to be That's social. Good. If you don't want to be social, your nature doesn't care. You have to be integrated in a group of people. Yes. Or you're going to deal with certain very, you know, heavy issues. You got to keep working at it. Is this, yeah. I'm, I was never good. Yeah. And I think most men are not naturally right. good at social communicating you got to keep doing things before you're good at it it takes more time than you think I'll back to your nature thing we have a nature it's gonna take longer than you think to be good at something and that I think is what they try to sell too if you can just get a robot we can do the move it to digital we can get away from that that process of failure and that process of getting learned to do something it's going to take time and that's it does it's just the way it is for example Let's say you, instead of going to your friend's house and having dinner with them or even playing a video game with them at their house, instead you log on to a digital platform and you have a digital conversation with that person. As right. you do that, you are reminded that your entire world is dependent on some global corporations. It is a reminder that you as an individual are shrinking, that your agency as an individual is shrinking that you are mm -hmm. but a cog in a wheel. Whereas if you go to their house or they mm -hmm. come to your house, the enrichment of just being together is not something that anything replaces. That you as an individual and them as an individual, you'll end up having a different interaction. That we're being affected by every, you know, mm -hmm. all these little things that we don't think we're being affected by. But then we find ourselves real depressed, real alone, and feeling like we have no control over where our future is going or even where our present is. We have, we, you know, we're in a, in a mental way. I heard this the other day that we have, we have less physical threats than people in the past had, but we live with a higher level of mental stress than they did. So we have less, we are less taxed physically. Our body is less taxed than someone who mm. lived in the 50s. I agree with that. But mentally, we live, with, we live under more stress than someone in the 50s because so much of our daily life is not is anti-natural to what it means to be a human being. Mm -hmm. And so we just live in this weird digital fog or something. And like we're pushing against the way humans are wired and, and wondering why we don't feel great even though we should feel great. Mm -hmm. And these are just certain things you can't rewire. You can't be an island you just can't. Well, let, let's start wrapping it up on yeah. this thought. The Bible actually tells us to put our life into other people's lives. 
for the value that God has. For whatever reason God believes it's valuable for you to put your life into somebody else. Not to just be on the surface or just to be uh, behind, uh, behind the glass. He actually wants you to interact and put your life into something. So, I mean, the whole danger of being in actual socializing, of messing up, like, I mean, we ordered food. I, mean, I get some anxiety just ordering my meal at a restaurant. You know, I, I'm considering the, the waitress and I consider things and I don't want to mess them up and it's a timing and it's a, a rhythm and I don't, you know. But anyway, I just think of all that. Bottom line, God gives us each day of our lives to actually give some of you away by putting your life into someone else. And yeah. it happens through that real, I guess, sensitive, almost reckless world we live in. But if you just hide behind the glass, I just don't see it. You only get so many days on the earth. You'll, you'll get so much time to, get, to lay an influence. Yeah. And you do that by getting out there and taking some shots on the chin and yeah. figuring it out. It ain't going to be per seamless. And I think that's where a lot of the... Yeah. I guess I, the whiners and the people that think that we're all supposed to be so full of love that we everything is just seamless. It don't, it ain't going to go that way. It's it's a situation of learned helplessness where as we take conveniences, we become weaker and then when we mm -hmm. want to do when our heart our the part that we can't change about ourselves our human nature. For example, we want to be married, we want to have friends. When some deep thing that we want to do, we have a pull to be married, we have a pull to date, we have a pull to have friends. We have these deep things that we wish we could do. Well now, because we no longer practice the awkwardness of social interaction, because we no longer practice the awkwardness of getting no's, of you know having a bunch of girls turn you down, because we stepped away from all the challenging parts, those things seem like a pipe dream. They're no longer just like, oh, I'll get a bunch of no's until I get the yes. Right. It just seems like that is a dead-end dream I don't know why I even have it anymore. Right. Like our dreams are getting farther away because we are letting them go a day at a time. Right. And the difference, you know, meaning comes from investment is what Dad was just saying. That's right. The difference between goodness and pleasure is goodness is an investment. That's pleasure right. is like a splurge. Right. And so you never get the, the meaning out of yeah. a splurge that you will get out of an investment. Yeah. Yes. And they just are two totally different approaches to, to living. And yes. I think about... In families that stay together, usually the older members of the family are naturally investing in the younger members. This is if yeah. they stay together. And this is where a lot of people who wind up just really hurt in life, they just wonder why things are not fair. Well, the big thing is start keeping your family together. Start investing in the people around you. Just whether, no matter what relationship they are. They could be workers, people that work, just invest in people. I have a, yeah. a woman that, that is really rude to me ever, for years at this gas station where I get fuel for my equipment. I continually to try to reach her, and I've tried for 10 years. Now, I don't go way out of my way because then that would be kind of strange, but, sure. but when I'm there, I still try to reach her. I still, I can only imagine, I've, from what I've heard, she's had some major setbacks with personal issues. And, sure. So great, but the point is, is that we just continue each day to invest. Invest in people. Invest yeah. in your people around you.
Yeah. And other than that, it, you, we could be just like deer or dogs and, or whatever. And invest I mean, in your own life. Special. Like, you know, before I was married and, and even now, something that I dealt with uh, is I kind of, I felt like I was m- so messed up that I should keep people at arm's length because if I let people in, then that would be dangerous. And so, uh, you know, those those come from yep. deep-seated issues, right? Yep. So what did I do? So the answer to that short term was to ask out a bunch of people that I knew would say no or that I knew wouldn't even <laughs> respond. I knew that I'm either going to die at the foot of this fear right here or we're going through. Yeah, you've mentioned that before in these podcasts. I really like that. Basically, what you've explained is the very thing you fear the most, you actually look at directly and you go right towards and it and so on a day-to-day it, basis now that i am married and thank god i'm married it's yeah. what a blessing that i you know that i have a sweet beautiful wife but on a day-to-day basis that fear will come back that that all right. those issues that yeah. underlie that belief like oh keep people at arm's distance because that's the only way you're safe or whatever yeah every single day i have to choose against that way of of thinking guys, that fear zachary that, said this to yeah. you before on a different podcast but he wanted to kind of quit doing it. He just felt like he wasn't getting a lot of hits on the on the list on the people that were listening, and so he just felt like ah, maybe we'll just fold it up and go in a different direction. Yeah. And I would not have it. And I just said, it, "You don't realize the impact you're having, even if it's just with a handful of people. The worst thing to do is nothing at all." Yeah. And so, with that in mind, your options are to do something socially and get out there and be you and and take some hits and maybe fumble the ball and have to pick it back up and and maybe go two yards and then you pick it up and go another two yards the worst thing to do is go sit on the bench and don't run the ball i would say run the ball just run the ball and so you other men and women are going to respect (laughs) you if they know you're on the field if they see you wounded on the sideline you might get them feeling sorry for you but who cares it yeah. will do nothing. I would say stay on the field. Whatever it is you're trying to, if you got a dream, yeah. get out there, take some hits, fail, yeah. fail, 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 fail. I thought the other day, I was like a month ago, I thought, this is the first time I really can keep rhythm. I've been drumming for six years, and I yeah. literally can hear a song now, and I can, through the entire song, tap on time. Yeah, It's only taken six years. Guys, don't yeah. give up. Yeah, do don't. not give up. And I've yeah. been, I've had public humiliation a lot. Yeah, <laughs> life is not a you know life is not a spectator sport. You know, no. if you're either the critic or the spectator in any way, if you're the consumer right. or the critic, you will be depressed. That's right. If you are depressed in some area of life, you're either playing the critic when you should be the That's the good. person experiencing the moment. Or you're the consumer when you should be the creator. This is and good. if you could create something for five people, or you could consume something that everyone else is consuming and be and fit in, create something for five people. This is, listen to this. Y'all stop the tape, roll it back, write that down right there. Because we have all been just sucked into just following everyone else. And we're just, it's, it, even the Bible says the road to destruction is broad. This is a broad concept that is wiping out so many creative, awesome people from doing things that they could do because they don't want to fail. Yeah, we're being taught that our lives are meaningless, that we should treat them that way, that mm -hmm. we should take the pleasure right here, right now, because it is the best we can do at 
the, at the heart of every vice, at the heart of every time we give in to temptation, we just are giving in to a faithless moment of belief that is the, that, that is the best we can do. Right. And what if we didn't do that? Right. What if in order to step away from the things, the temptations that are killing right. you, you had to actually unironically think that your life might be worth something? That's right. What if you had to unironically think that the, the 50 people or the 10 people that something you might do might help, that those people might be worth something, Come and that on. you might be worth something to do it. That is amazing what if, good. What if that not every person thought. is meant to be famous? We have this idea that ev this is literally impossible, yeah. but this is what we believe. We believe, we kind of instinctively believe in America anyway, that everyone should be famous. Right. Or that everyone has to be famous. Well, that means you're successful if you are. Yeah, right. That's the definition, yeah. And, you know, right. just don't, if you, if you think that way, don't listen to famous people. Don't listen to them talk for hours on end because it's, you know, it's just not what you think. And I think, you know, a lot of people listening to me are older than me, so I'm sure they're more aware of this than I am. So I don't want to, I don't want to speak too much. I think it's mainly, probably mainly a young person thing. Right. But there's just a lie underneath all of that, that your life doesn't matter, that when you cooked dinner, it didn't matter, that when you went to work, it didn't matter, that your kids don't matter, that what you say to them doesn't matter, that the way you act around them doesn't matter, that you can't control anything about your life and that none of your decisions mean anything. So if there's pleasure in front of you, if there's pornography, if there's cocaine, it doesn't matter what it is. If right. there's pleasure right here, right now, take it because there's nothing else. You're worth nothing, life is worth nothing. It's all nothing. Wow, yeah, write that down. <laughs> that's, that's, that's right. But down. what's the opposite yeah, of that? Yeah. Your life means something, your, life does your decisions mean something. mean something. Well, let me say this to you, and I don't mean to hurt your feelings, but if you follow that train of thought, then it doesn't mean anything. If you're gonna run down that theology, because you're gonna prove to yourself, you're gonna ruin your life with drugs and alcohol and all that. And But I would say to what Zach's saying, as I would say, don't buy that lie. It's a lie. And I would say, go ahead and start failing. Every success story, they, there's a saying that goes like this. Every success story took at least five years. Yeah. Your success, and every success story, the reason we love the story is because when it gets started, we can hear the failure and all the failure in it. Yeah. Guys, don't let the where you're standing right now keep you from go, getting out of there. And even to that point, sometimes people will take like 10 years to find the place that they fit, and then they'll retroactively act like, oh, yeah, no, I was always on this path. Right. Like, <laughs> right. You, you get 10 years and you finally do some business idea that yeah. works, or you finally figure out that you mm -hmm. should be doing a podcast, or you finally, right. or, or doing some small group at church, or just anything where you actually feel like this is what I was supposed to do. And so for me, even to get even to this point took years and years of yes. being like well that ain't it and that ain't it and well this definitely right. ain't it and it's That's just right. it's just years it. of awkwardness to even find something where you remotely fit yep. and so something about this book i've been going through the master and his emissary talked about how modernity that we've ironized the soul that you know love for anything has been replaced by irony that irony is our replacement for enjoyment. It's our replacement for experiencing things. It's our replacement for, you know, um, gratitude, uh, acknowledgement of God as an existence of just a different way of living uh, that comes with a, a humble belief in God and a humble uh, acceptance of our place in the world. That we replaced all of that with an irony, with sort of a distance like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't do, I mock, you know, I don't... Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I don't mm-hmm. actually experience anything. I don't actually create mm-hmm. anything. I mock people that do those things. The commentator. I'm yeah. the commentator. Yeah. Yeah, no. And that's a recipe for suicide. That puts you back on the sidelines again. There you go, sliding back over into the sidelines. And you can only ignore that so many years before you realize... Too dangerous. You won't like it. You'll look... Today, a woman, young woman, was saying that she knew a woman in her 50s that was upset. She really felt like this woman was upset because she didn't have children. And so she ran down this whole thought pattern all these years of chasing everything but a family, but now when she's in her 50s, she don't have a family, and she kind of yeah. knows it. Yeah. And I was just one of those, these are one of those things, and there's, there's a scripture that, that reads like this, it comes out of John 10.10, 10. it says, the enemies come to lie, cheat, kill, and destroy, but the Christ has come that we'd have life and have it to the full. I believe the Bible is hinged right there. I believe everything is hinged on that scripture, and these... He's the, the enemy. We have an enemy, and he's, he's trying to tell you all the things Zach's been trying to pull the, the wool back on or the curtain back to, so that you can see some truth, so that you don't set your life into a path of just mediocrity and just this dead-end road. He doesn't want you there because he experienced the temptation himself of going down those roads. Yeah. And so now he's, he's basically these podcasts are nothing more than to tell you the bridge is out in some of these areas. So that's what he's saying. The bridge is out there. Don't go down that road. It, it, the bridge is out. And he can vocalize it, and I think that's a gift he has to vocalize that. I mean, we, we kind of, whenever we agree to it, so I think we kind of already knew a lot of what he's saying, but when he vocalized it, the affirmation of what we already knew, you guys, already, a lot of you already knew this stuff's access. Mm-hmm. But he's saying it. That's why you're agreeing with it, because you kind of already knew it. Mm-hmm. But when he vocalized it, when you two lined up on it, you now can kind of spot it in the dark and maybe even keep it from really get getting any traction. So, yeah. guys, good stuff. I want to end with, with two things. One, if you want to increase, uh, whoever you are, if you want to increase your level of authority in your life, if you want people to you know show more respect, if you want to actually respect your own uh, train of thought more the the starting place for that is to just stop lying there you, uh, go. you know the, if you just stop lying you'll find that you respect you your go. own ideas more because your ideas will inherently be more accurate you know there's yeah. a guy uh, there's a guy I used to listen to on a podcast and he said that he would basically place bets on like world events on like politicians winning or losing he would place bets every single time just to see how accurate his view of the world was and I love that idea that he objectively wanted to see if the way he saw the world is the way the world actually is. And certainly sometimes, you know, we'll be off. But yeah. lying makes us more and more yeah. off. And then the second thing is, if you want to, if you feel like you're not pushing the envelope as far as you want to make more of an impact than you do, where do you start with that? Start by thinking, how could you alleviate loneliness? What is some area that you can make people feel less alone. If you don't know your personality type, you don't feel like you have any gifts, you don't feel like there's any reason why you have anything to offer any other human being, what is some way that you could alleviate loneliness, that you can make people feel less alone? There is a guy that is 60 years old, a friend of mine, and he goes to the nursing home and he brings his guitar. He can, he's got a guitar and he can play it pretty well. 
he goes there and he just he ministers to people in a nursing home i mean that's kind of an extreme we're way out there on the end but for this guy it just it it triggered something in him it, it fit it fit but they you could it could be a number of a thousand things it could be volunteering and literally millions of places so we use we use whatever. lack of talent as a scapegoat to to give up right so mm-hmm. we think well i don't have that talent so i can't do that i don't have this talent so i can't right. do this people that are very talented if they are kind of like people that are very talented if they're too um like mm-hmm. high and mighty about it you want to get a million miles away from them not only does That's it not exactly right. not only does it not pull you in it pushes you away yeah. Now, you can be really talented and be really humble and nice and, and wonderful and all that. And some people are, and, and thank God for that. But this idea that talent is the thing that should keep you in or out of that's the a, club of meaning good. is that's, false. It is. I mean, in the you could go be helping a praise band by rolling up the chords and being the sound check guy. And, you know, you could be... And you know what? Let me. This is so cool as we close this out. You know what? Of all those talented people that you just mentioned, how talent seems to be so important, all those people rely on you, and you're the one checking the sound. How interesting. It's not about the talent. It's more about the availability and about saying, hey, I'm going to make a difference. I'm not going to give in to loneliness. Not only that, I'm going to help someone else with that loneliness. The bar for doing something meaningful is much lower than you think it is. It's good. Let's say say you listen to my podcast every single week, and I never say one thing that you didn't already know. If you knew every single thing that I ever said, but just by listening, I made you feel a tiny bit less alone because another person said all this stuff that you thought already, then my job is done. Then that is as valuable as anything I could ever accomplish. That's good. This is good. This is good. (laughs) 